On the cover, the interior of the Heron Towers tilted sharply to the right. In the center page stands Nightfall, holding the struggling form of Jesse Clips up in one hand and scowling over his shoulder at Piro, who is fleeing down a hallway towards a door. In the porthole window on the door, we can just make out a large and stylish chair, covered in gears and clocks of all sizes, with a large lever on one side. Jesse holds a stun gun, crackling with energy, poised to fire into Nightfall's face. Piro's eyes are full of guilt, fear, and anger. Issue 35, Escape from Apex City. We open on Piro and Jesse Clips picking through downtown rubble on their way to the Heron Towers. And Jesse is holding a handheld kind of tablet-like device in one hand that is softly pinging as they walk. And we get a few flashbacks to Patricia introducing you to Jesse as the leader of the resistance. And Jesse kind of laughs and hops off the perch on the municipal water building and says, yeah, I am the leader of all of three people. It's a real lofty ideal, isn't it? Well, now you got, now you got four. Appreciate that. And she looks over at Patricia. Who is this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow again. And Patricia kind of like heads over to uh, Jesse and pulls out her little scrapbook and like shows her the pictures that they used for your like, where did this person go? Like, you know, articles. Mm-hmm. They're from the past, Jesse. It's real. You can... We can get out of here. And I think Jesse comes over and just like grabs your face in like one hand, like grabs your chin and she's looking at your face and looking back at the picture (laughs) and then steps back and like puts a hand up to her mouth like she is obviously shocked. And then we get back to the two of you picking through the rubble. So the question here is, do you have any questions for Jesse as you are going through this? I want to know more about the resistance. Yeah, uh, it's an ideal and if I'm being honest, probably a dumb one. And she uh, she holds up, you know, her hand and like pulls the sleeve down a little bit. And you can see that she is uh, herself not, you know, circuity at all. Back in the day, and she kind of like gestures to all this like dust that's floating around. Mm-hmm. We call it the hacking death. It's it's not really fatal, but you familiar with the concept of nanomachines? Uh, I, f- I don't know how, how long in the past you're from. Were those a thing yet where you were from? I actually know some people who had something similar to this, I'm assuming. And she kind of looks at you and squints a little bit. Yeah, time travel. What a what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah. So she kind of squints and looks over at you. Yeah, well, I suppose it probably wasn't too long after you got, um sent here or this is the past this is hard to wrap my head around but look it was it was pretty bad right like something started going through the adult population and i don't know what the difference was but it was really only the older people that got hit and well you've seen patricia you see what the result is and any and she kind of waves the pad at you anybody with a good wi-fi signal can hijack her nervous system and make her do whatever they want rough yeah, luckily Wi-Fi is not a huge thing at this point. So, uh, yay? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so around the same time, uh, okay, had the century exploded yet where you're from? Unless my two friends fighting was the century exploding, then no. 
is one of your friends uh, like a golden plasma monster alien thing? You know, I never asked. I'm going to assume no. <laughs> and as you're heading towards the Heron buildings, you can definitely see that like there's almost like an impact crater uh, that spreads out from that central square or what used to be that central square because everything here is just destroyed at this point. At the Heron building? Yeah, kind of like at the, there's used to be a big square in front of it. And it looks like whatever happened, this was kind of ground zero for that. Okay. Yeah. And she stops when you get to the edge of it. So this is, this is what happened. And the Sentry was a good guy. Or hero, I guess. And I think, and she looks back over towards where the barrier is. You can't see it from this point, but you know what she's looking at. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I think that was them trying to protect us. She shakes her head. Eh, it doesn't really matter at this point, I guess. Point is, a lot got lost uh, around the time that happened. It was pretty chaotic because there's a fresh hole in the moon and uh, half your population is, you know, hackable. And, uh, you know, then someone basically drops a big bomb in the middle of your city. Well, it was a little bit chaotic. And she kind of shows you the pad. We'd always heard stories the old folks used to tell, but that was, you know, before their time even about, you know, the the big heroes and super people, and I never believed much of any of it. We got Axiom and we got Nightfall, but not a whole lot else. Just just us and the hacked. Wow. Anyway, point is, uh, I work occasionally with a guy named Joey Luz, and he really did believe all that stuff, and I guess he was right. You ever, you ever hear of a guy named Professor Paradox? I think I have. Is he still alive in your time period? I can't recall. Hmm. Well, when you showed up and you're from the past, it got me thinking, maybe time travel is real after all, right? Unless you're some kind of, like, spy sent by the Axiom regime. You're not a spy, are you? Uh, am I some sort of liar? No. I I didn't say liar, I said spy. Ah, interesting. No, I am not a spy. I am just a poor, sad mime from the past. Joey got, got a lead on a piece of paradox tech. And if the stories are right, any piece of paradox tech is basically a time machine. And that's what we're, that's what we're tracking here. But, uh, and she kind of looks up. The Heron building is likely to be pretty dangerous. It was in pretty poor repair. And unfortunately, the one we're going into is one of the most damaged. That's all right. So we get a couple of panels of you approaching the shell of this uh, skyscraper. And you can see that it's actually leaning against one of the others. And like... It sways a little in the wind. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, guess we're going up then. All right. And we get in, into the interior, and the two of you are in this kind of, like, leaning uh, skyscraper. And I want to get a couple of panels. How does Piro uh, help get the two of you up? Because you are ultimately going up. All right, so with how my powers have been working, is it's a really short burst of something, it seems yeah. like? Yeah, yeah. Tram- I-, I feel like a trampoline is a good option. Also, maybe a pogo stick. <laughs> or maybe... No, I think I'm going to go with a pogo stick. And like maybe like I like mime welding on a rocket. <laughs> rocket pogo? <laughs> yeah, rocket pogo stick. Okay, so I do want you to unleash your powers. Yeah, I saw that one coming. Alright, and that's plus freak. Oh, no. What's your it's total? five. I get to mark potential, though, right? You do. That fills up my potential. Nice. You are miming this, and Jesse looks at you, what? And you're like, just like hopping around, trying to get it going. 
and you're, I think, on, like, the second floor at this point, and there's, like, a collapsed uh, section of ceiling that might let you get up a little more that you're trying to get through. And she's like, what What are you, What? what is this? What's What's going on here? Are you okay? Is this a time travel thing? Is this, is this like, time travel sickness? Is that a thing? Time travel sickness could be a thing. I don't know. I've never time traveled before. I thought I could use my powers to mime us up there, but I guess I, I, I guess that's just not going to work right now. And I think uh, Jesse at this point uh, hands you a grappling hook. Oh, nice! Oh, this is like, can I? I want to look like lovingly at this grappling hook because I, I love grappling hooks. And she's like, "Yeah, let's let's maybe save the theatrics." Why don't you just anchor that while I take a look around? And she heads over towards one of the windows and pulls an actual pair of binoculars out of her little backpack and starts kind of like scanning the horizon. Wow, good move. So as you are anchoring that grappling hook, we get a couple of panels uh, out over the horizon and you can see that she is just looking at the kind of uh, shimmering golden bubble over Claremont. And uh, I think we move back a little bit to the two of you passing uh, one of those posters with like the, you know, the, the husky Filipino guy like pointing, you know, sternly at you. And as you pass it, she kind of looks at it and uh, and spits on it. Nice. Rips it off the wall. You know this guy? This is not the conform poster, correct? No, this is not Axiom. OK, yeah, uh, I don't believe I know this person. And she looks at it and she looks at you and she just like crumples it. Shortly after Axiom took over, which, had that happened yet where you're from? No. Yeah, so keep an eye on on him. At some point, he's gonna go after Kobe, and he's gonna win. And he's basically gonna break into their files and out everyone in them. So, every powered hero, villain, and civilian in North America. (laughs) And she crumples that. Yeah, he calls himself the King of America now. This guy used to be called Daybreak. And at some point after that, he tried to stop Axiom, like in the real, real early days, got his ass handed to him. And a couple months later, he comes around calling himself Nightfall and working for the regime, and she just, like, tears the poster in half. Son of a bitch. She throws it. Problem is, he's, at this point, their main enforcer. So, even odds he's gonna try and stop us if we make too much noise. You catch me? So be subtle. I'm gonna be quiet yeah i get that and we get back into the building uh where you have now anchored your grappling hook and the two of you climb up and i think we get like about halfway up this thing and you come to a stairwell that you think you should be able to go up it looks like the best option but it's at a very steep incline so it's going to be a little bit of a like climb up rather than walk up right okay and how do you want to try and get up that well i don't want to look like an idiot in front of Jesse Eclipse again. <laughs> That's just Je- it's just Jesse Clips. Jesse Clips. Okay. All right. That's pretty. That's, all right. I can't take credit for that. I I think I'm just gonna like try really hard. Like I'm just gonna try really hard to climb up these steps. Okay. One once again, if you're just doing this like physically, you are still overcoming an obstacle. So fun sure. fact, you're still unleashing your powers just in a different way. So go ahead and roll plus freak. Oh wow, that's a fourteen. Nice. So. <laughs> Yeah, you you spider climb up these stairs. <laughs> nice. You're like some sort of tree-dwelling arboreal primate. <laughs> you get to the top, and Jessie, once again, just anchors a grappling hook and uh, starts to haul herself up. Nice. And 
you're pretty high up now. Mm-hmm. And as you look out, you can see that below where you are now is this layer of dust that's floating around. And you can see the actual sky at this point. And I think Jessie has to take a moment to look out over it. And she definitely is a little bit choked up because this is probably the first time she's ever seen it. Wow. Are you doing anything uh, at this point, Piro? Can I, like, pat her back a little bit and be like, yeah, it's beautiful. You absolutely can, and I feel like that's a comfort or support someone, so roll plus mundane. Okay. That's an eight. Uh, so on a hit, they hear you. She kind of, like, wipes her eye a little bit and sort of nods at you and just shakes her head. And is like, yeah, yeah, one day we're going to fix this. We are going to fix it. And uh, she looks back. Yeah, let's keep going. And we get a couple more panels uh, of the two of you moving up this building. And at this point, everything is at like a 45 degree angle because you are getting close to the top where it is just leaning against another building. You can actually see out the windows on one side where it has crashed into one of the other towers. Wow. So it's feeling a little bit unstable at this point. It's slightly rocking in the wind. Okay. But that little uh, tablet pad that Jessie has been holding this whole time is now beeping very, very quickly. And she looks around. Probably probably this floor or the next, I think. Let's look around. Uh, and she starts kind of moving around to look in all the little, like, doors and windows and, you know, just to see if there's anything around here and kind of, like, motions to the other half to you. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm going to look around. I'm going to do what she's doing to the other half. Sure. I would like you to assess your situation. I got a four. Okay. So good news, bad news. <laughs> good news you actually find a sealed door that's got an infinity sign on it. And you can see inside, like, through, like, the tiny little porthole window, you can see some big piece of machinery that looks like it's in relatively decent shape. Okay. Uh, bad news, you can also see out the window that there is there is someone kind of, like, hovering around this building and starting to look in the windows a little bit below where you're at. But... It's a fairly husky uh, Filipino gentleman in his early 60s, it looks like. And when I say hovering, he's attached to the building by, like, these long tendrils of darkness that are just kind of, like, octopus-style moving him around the building. Okay. And you definitely recognize Nightfall. Yeah, alright, yeah. I'm gonna try to get Jesse's attention, but, like, quietly? Sure, uh, just give me that panel. What does that look like? I'm going to put a hand over my mouth, and then I'm going to, like, just violently start shaking my hands in Jessie's direction. <laughs> okay. It takes, a, it takes a minute, but she does eventually look back over to you and, like, makes a, a weird, like, puzzled face. Like, what, what are you doing? What is this? Is this another bit? <laughs> I'm going to, like, really harshly mouth the word, like, like, just mouth the word hide. Does that work? <laughs> I think it might. I think it might. I think I want you to roll to defend someone. That's a nine. It takes a second, but she does eventually realize what you're saying, and part of this is that you can see one of those, like, shadowy tendrils kind of, like, come up mm-hmm. across one of these windows, so, like, Nightfall is about to move up to this floor. Great. Uh, and she sees that, and then she realizes what you're mouthing, and she, like, dives behind a desk. So, you have a couple of choices to make. The good choice is, you can add a team to the pool, you can take influence over Jesse Clips in this case, or you can clear a condition. Which of those would you like to do? I would like to clear a condition, please. What, do you, what would you like to clear? I am going to clear Hopeless. The other choice that you have to make is, do you want to expose yourself to danger, or do you want to escalate the situation? If I expose myself to danger, that lessens the chance of Jesse being exposed to danger, right? Maybe. Okay, well, I'm going to expose myself to danger. Okay, so I think the way that works is that as you are looking around for a place to hide, Nightfall pops up in one of those windows, Mm -hmm. and 
definitely sees you and reaches back and just hits one of the windows. The building actually rocks a little bit uh, under that. And then he steps inside and starts heading towards you. And you can tell he doesn't look very uh, happy or friendly at this moment and just says, identify yourself. What are you doing here? I'm going to shout no and then run. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you running to? Away from Nightfall. So you are in a leaning office building, pretty high up. Are you trying to run, like, upstairs or downstairs or just, like, hide on this floor? Or you what know, is your... the smart decision would probably to run towards the, the what I assume is the time machine that was in the window that I looked at. Sure. Yeah, so let's do that. Are you, So I will say, um, this door is closed and it does appear to be locked, so you will have to break through it to get in there, which means I would like you to unleash your powers to reshape your environment. Uh, eight. Okay, so I think you know how this works at this point. Yes. Uh, You can either, so you're going to do it. You basically like shoulder check the door and it pops off the lock. But do you want to mark a condition or do you want to tell me, or do you want me to tell you how this is unstable or temporary? I will mark a condition. Okay. (laughs) Easy come, easy go. (laughs) What are you going to mark? Hopeless. (laughs) That's the only one I have uh, empty. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I, I will tell you that this is probably going to count as running away from a, uh, <laughs> a, a, okay. a difficult situation. All right, but that doesn't clear until the end. Until the end of the scene. But at the end of the scene, that will clear. As you run, um, Nightfall takes that moment to start coming after you because you, you're not supposed to run from the regime. And he's like, oh, this is not happening, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, so you very quickly see uh, him in the doorway, and as he does, he puts a hand on the wall, and like darkness just starts spreading around the room. And he goes, I don't know who you are or what you think you're doing here, but I'm going to ask you some questions, and I better like the answers. And uh, from behind him, you can hear the crackle uh, of Jesse's stun gun, and it oh. impacts him in the back of the shoulder. Oh, that's my girl. And he doesn't, like, fall over, but he, like, twinges for a second and then reaches back and grabs, like, the prongs where it hit him and just rips them out and then turns to look at her. What do you do? Okay. Uh, well, I don't want Jesse to get hurt, so I want to stop that. So I'm gonna... I'm gonna kick him. Just kick him? Just kick him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you're directly engaging a threat. Okay. That's a nine. So on a hit, you trade blows, and on a 7 to 9, you can pick one off the list. Do you want to resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, Jesse in this case, or do you want to impress, surprise, or frighten him? Oh, there's so many good options here. Right? But you only get one. I know. Okay. Um, Resist or avoid their blows would probably be the smartest choice for me here. But I think I want to, my goal here was to create an opportunity for Jesse, so I'm going to choose that. Okay. And what kind of opportunity are you trying to create? I don't know. Maybe he, I, I, I feel like that would catch me off guard if someone just broke my weapon in front of me. So I think I just want to give her a second so she can, like, think a little bit about what's going on. So you're trying to give her, like, a moment to do something? Yeah. So yeah, uh, you run up and I think you... Where are you kicking him? I want to do the nuts. Can I do the nuts? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Nice. It is worth mentioning that he is wearing, you know, from the waist down, uh, you know, like, tactical gear. So you, you hit him um, and it doesn't really have the crippling effect you thought it might. That's okay. But it does take his attention, and he turns back and looks at you. Uh, and I think he kind of like, what you did not do was resist or avoid his blows. Yeah. Uh, so he just grabs your your leg, like, instead of you pulling it back, he grabs your ankle. Okay. And I think just, like, slings you into a wall. Sure. I 
am gonna have you take a powerful blow. That's fine. And unfortunately, you have all five conditions marked. Yeah, that's a 13. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to flee, pass out, etc., lose control of yourself or your powers in a terrible way, or two options from that seven to nine list? You do have a teammate. You could lash out verbally. I can't mark two conditions. Uh, no. So I can't do that. Losing control of my powers in a terrible way would be really fun since I don't, I haven't been able to use those. So I think I'm going to lose control of myself or my powers in a terrible way. Okay. <laughs> uh, and is this going to be yourself or your powers? If you're giving me the option, I would like my powers. Okay. I think that works. So I think as he uh, slams you into the wall, you feel something inside you, something sharp, and you hear a little voice in the back of your head. Are you really going to let him treat you like that, Piro? No, I'm not. And uh, I think as you stand up, we see this um, ghostly reflection of your mask in front of your face. Okay. Uh, it's not physically there, right. but we can see it on the page. Wow. It's like kind of translucent. Nice. And Nightfall at this point has turned back to Jesse Clips, who has very quickly re uh, reloaded her stun gun and is taking another shot. Nice. That's my girl. Slowly advancing towards him. And she looks back over at you. What are you doing? We are here for a reason. If you get back to your time, none of this matters. And I think she is definitely trying to shift your labels. Okay. And she is trying to shift your savior up because, like, she wants you to go back and stop this. And probably your superior down because she feels like by you engaging Nightfall, you're maybe doing a dumb. Okay. Uh, neither of those can move in those directions. <laughs> okay. So, Do you want I... to reject her influence? I think I have to, because otherwise I have to mark a condition, right? That is true. Okay, so I'm going to do that. Okay. Oh, dang. Dang. Dip. Okay. I have a five. Okay. <laughs> On a miss, their words hit you hard. Uh, so you would mark a condition, but you in fact cannot. Yeah. Uh, and I will adjust your labels. Okay. And I think your savior's going down. And I think probably... I think probably your danger's going up. Okay. Wait, and... I can't mark a condition? You unfortunately cannot, uh, which means we get to do something we have never done before. Right, cool. All right. I'm excited. So if you have to mark a condition and you can't, that is when you are no choice kind of out of a scene. Sure. So as you try to... Uh, so I guess the question is, how are you responding to this? I'm definitely hurt because, you know, like I was trying to save my friend because I thought she was in danger, but it turns out I am, I am the danger. <laughs> which is not good so i'm a little sad about that i'd really like to try to kick him in the nuts again but i know that's not gonna work i guess i'm i i, I guess i'm gonna listen to her because if she if my labels got shifted i feel like i would like that would be very impactful so i'm gonna like stop doing what i'm doing and listen to jesse and try to get into the time machine but i would also like to try to spit on nightfall on my way out i think the way this works out is that jesse telling you none of this is gonna matter if you do what you are supposed to do here is kind of what kicks you into overdrive and that mask in front of your face just like crumbles again okay and as you are heading towards this machine which we can now see kind of for the first time in its full uh we have like a whole page spread of you climbing into this thing and it's a very classic like uh hg wells kind of thing where it's this big like seat a lot of gears and a huge clock behind the seat and like this big lever on one side right Really just showy. Oh yeah, it's very, very ostentatious. And as you climb into this thing, we see Nightfall turn towards Jesse because he's now been hit with a stun gun twice. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like that. 
Yeah. And as you pull that lever, you can see him, like, grabbing her by the throat. Oh, no. And as you pull that lever, you black out. Oh. When you wake up, you are still in your time machine. Okay. But it's in a different place now. There's a middle-aged man uh, with a monocle and a top hat and a very elaborately waxed and twirled mustache. Oh, man. Kind of, like, holding his chin and peering at you. Huh. Can I call him an asshole? Like, can I just be like, hey, you're an asshole? I mean, is that- because is you're, like, just waking up after being unconscious. Yeah, but, like, it- like, this is kind of his fault, right? Is it? I don't know. That's a good point. Maybe I won't call him I an mean, asshole. I mean, if that's- if that's the first thing you- you go to, you go to this, but <laughs> It's up to hey, you. A- I want to say, hey, asshole, the future sucks. He, like, takes his monocle off. Wipes it on, uh, I think he's got like a little pocket square, he's wearing a bow tie, obviously, why not? And he wipes it on that and puts it back and squints at you. That's a funny way to address someone you've just met. <laughs> and he reaches out a hand to like, help you out of the time machine. Professor Hamilton Paradox, how did you get into my machine? Uh, from the future. Which one? Uh, it's sad. Okay, you're gonna have to narrow that down for me, a lot of them are sad. Um, there is, uh, oh god, um... The, uh, 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 I'm just going to scream for a little bit. Just to maybe, maybe a few panels of that would be nice. That's fine. If you just like freaking out a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I learned a lot of information and I have to put it all back together. It's, it's going to take me a second. And I think as you're doing that, uh, he pulls a little, uh, like pocket notebook out of, out of his vest, which he is obviously as well wearing mm-hmm. and a little, and a little pencil. And he starts writing down, um, ah, uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, he's a he's a thoughtful guy. Okay, so I came from the future, and there were there was dust everywhere, and the city was destroyed, and people had been hacked and discriminated against because of that. So that was rude. And then I met a friend, and I met some friends, and they took me to this time machine, and there was this guy named Nightfall, and he tried to choke my friend, uh, and I'm not quite sure how that ended, because I had to jump in here to escape him to stop that from happening. And he flips through the little notebook a couple of times, and he flips it shut, puts it back in his pocket. Well, I don't think I've been to that one quite yet. Hmm. Sounds interesting. And I'm sorry. I gave you my name, Professor Hamilton Paradox, at your service, but you have made a disadvantage. Who and when are you? Uh, I'm gonna bow once more, and I'm going to say, uh, Piro, at your service. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. No, no, I know you, I know you. Yeah, hello. You know Darren? Yes, my friend Darren. She is an awful person. How dare you? You are very rude, sir. Am I? Yes. And he heads over, uh, and he kind of motions to you to follow along. Let me show you something. And he leads you into this big, elaborate, uh, everything is brass, everything has, uh, you know, gears rather than circuitry, but it's a big control room with a big, like, old cathode ray screen, and you can see that there are two more of him, uh, just tinkering with machines in the corners. Oh, alright. Clones, that's fine. One of them is uh, looks to be young teens. One of them looks to be probably early 70s. And he looks back at you. No, not clones. Those are me. Time clones. Time uh, clones. Okay. They're, they're not clones. They're just me from different points in the time stream. There's a very distinct difference. They are both me. And he heads over towards the screen and he taps uh, a button and a little microphone pops up out of the, uh, out of the desk that it's sitting in. Mm-hmm. 
and he leans in and he says, Luna 2020, if you will. And the screen pops up with like a staticky kind of burst. <laughs> and you can see a very high tech kind of jail cell that looks very similar to the one that Balthazar showed you earlier. Yeah. And inside are something like 20 different uh, professors paradox. In prison? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. And he looks over at you. Oh, don't be worried. I, it, it's, part of a, it's part of a plan. I let myself get caught all the time. Uh, okay. And he kind of points up at the screen where you can see what looks to be just like a very normal human guard. Uh, but he points at the shadow and you can see like little tendril hair. Oh, that's my girl. Early holographic technology. And there's no sound, but uh, you can see one of, the, one of the paradoxes talking to her. And he looks over at you. I was trying to help, because your friends are about to do something very, very stupid on the moon. Yeah, I... Yeah, and I told your friend Darren that. And uh, then you can see, like, this pink gas start filtering into the room, and all of the paradoxes just start passing out one by one. And she knocked me out! Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of nods and just adjusts his monocle one more time. Look, it's gonna take me a minute to recalibrate the machine. We're in a... We're in a super liminal position right now, so we're kind of outside of time. You've got, you've got, you've got a minute. All right. Why don't, why don't you go find young Hammy and he'll make you some breakfast while I recalibrate the machine. We'll send you off tomorrow morning. Okay, I guess. Oh, and one thing to remember, if you would. Yes. When you see your friend Darren. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a little different. Mm, don't like that. Yeah, well... So I said that we're in a super liminal position right here, but we're not technically outside of anything. We're just in a bubble. I'm familiar with bubbles. Are you? No, not really, but I've seen a lot of them. Think, think of normal time like water. And most people just kind of skim across the top of that. Sure. We're in a little air pocket stuck to the side of the glass. Okay. Now, tomorrow morning, we're going to shake the glass, and that air pocket's going to pop right back up, and I'm going to do some very complicated physics to make sure we pop up in the right place. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Problem is, I can't go back further than that where I got knocked out, because now that I've observed it, it's set. Mm. So we can't stop that from happening. All right. But your friend Darren's on a fairly dangerous path right now, and if I had to guess, I don't think it's going to end well for any of you. Yeah, it seems to be a theme with us. Maybe try and be a mitigating factor, talk some sense into your friends. I, I, I'll give it my best shot. Talking's not really my strength. Yeah, well, get used to it. <laughs> and he waves a hand at you. Go find young Hammy, get yourself some breakfast, get yourself some rest. We'll see you in the morning. Okay, is it all breakfast? Is it nighttime? Is it morning time right now? Breakfast foods are the best foods. It's true that breakfast foods are the best foods. Why would I ever stop right anything this. else? You are right about this, Professor Paradox. Of course I am. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find uh, a different version of you. And as you wander through the space, uh, you run into a good. Ev everyone is paradox. This is a fairly large place, and everyone is Professor Paradox, just at a different age. Yeah, and I imagine there's more than one of him that's young. Oh yeah, uh, but you do eventually find a kitchen, and in there is the youngest Paradox, who is about twelve. Wow. And still has that handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I, I respect. You can tell that it's a clip-on. Nice. And he looks over at you. I already told myself, I know that you're just going to be a guest for the evening, but it's nice to meet someone that's not me for once. 
Uh, I will shake little Hammy's hand. And he, uh, he, he gives you a little shake. And he, and he asks you how you want your eggs uh, and whether you prefer pancakes or waffles. Mm, okay, this is, a, this, is a, this is an important question. I would like my eggs. Let's go with over easy. And I think Piero's a waffle person. Yeah, he's a, he's a good cook. He gets it mostly right, but obviously he is 12. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's acceptable. Forgiven. Yeah. And he shows you to a room uh, that is set up in a fairly nice fashion. Like you've got a big comfy bed with, you know, good sheets, uh, uh, memory foam mattress, because, you know, why not? And assuming that you don't have anything else you want to do here this evening, you just have a nice relaxing evening. Yeah, I want to scream bed because it's probably been a while since I've seen a real bed or used a real bed. And this is like full facilities, so you like you have your own bathroom. You can take yeah. a bubble bath if you want. Oh, uh, that would be nice. Like a couple of a couple of self care uh, Piro moments. Yeah, so I think I think we definitely get a couple of panels of Piro just like like with their hair wrapped up in a towel, like in a, yeah, in doing a bubble a face bath mask, with, yeah. with like bubbles all over the place. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's a good panel. Thank you. We come back in uh, the next morning on the initial paradox that you met uh, knocking on your door. All right, I think we are. Done. And he looks, like, slightly older. I pulled an all-year last night. <laughs> but I think I've got it. I'm gonna- I, I think that would just make me giggle a little bit. So I, I'm, like, laughing a little bit. It's, it's, it's like a nice laugh. Like, I'm laughing with mm -hmm. He He looks very, very tired, because he's been up for an entire year in eight hours. Oh, no. And he's like, yes, very funny. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And he leads you back out to uh, to the machine, uh, which now has uh, attached to it a little bicycle helmet. Okay. And I have to ask a question. What would Piro's ideal bicycle helmet be? Flames. There's flames on it. It's, 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 it's a normal helmet, but it's got, like, lots of flames. What color? Black, but the flames are purple. And that is what is sitting on this machine. <laughs> nice. All right. So here's the thing. You're in kind of a weird state right now. We're going to send you back to about a week after you left. Okay. So you're going to lose a little bit of time, but I don't think anything important happens in that time, so I think we should be safe. A week after. Okay. You're going to want to wear that helmet. Okay. For probably a day or two after, because uh, it is... It is, it is chronally lined, and unfortunately, you are going to be exposed to some high doses of chronal radiation. But don't worry, long as you keep the helmet on, you'll be fine. Alright, this thing's sick. Wonderful. Hop on in. Alright, may I hop on in? And he looks back at you, and you can see over his shoulder, there is a glass case. Uh, and right before he pulls the lever to send you back, you can see in that glass case that green gem that you had seen on the moon. Damn it. And there is an older version of him uh, that is working at a station next to it, and he just, like, kind of wiggle waves his fingers at you. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that. Hope we'll be seeing you again soon. And you hear this pop, like a soap bubble popping, but you're in the bubble. Okay. And you are now, uh, when you come to, in an alleyway that you have become very familiar with. Yeah, great. And you are wearing a pretty sick bicycle helmet. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And you feel very, very nauseous. Gross. And we see a newspaper float by uh, with the date, mm -hmm. and it is in fact January 12th, 2020. Okay. And with that, we will see you next issue.
Masks a New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of stun guns, shadowy tendrils, and time machines. Become the parallel you who supports it with money. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. You can find her on Twitter at 1-800-TOD. William Infernus is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or in the one future that isn't sad. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.